Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 29-9. And we are your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernay. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a topic, we find some music related to that topic, we listen to the music, you listen to the music, and then we discuss... Stuff. TGIF 1990s sitcoms. Honestly, that, I could do that every week. And pizzas. and We could have a spinoff podcast where the whole premise is solely just we okay. choose an episode of TGIF and just talk about it. So Pranel was drinking what looked like Windex, and then it was soap. And now it's weird. It's like it's, now like, it's ecto cooler. It's like watered down ecto cooler. Yeah, that's just, just how I get down. I like it. I came to get down. I drink a fifty ounce bottle and of jump water. around, flush, jump around, and then flush it down and flush it down, flush it down, flush it down. Yeah, but yeah, like I flush I, it down. So like the idea is that I became obsessed with like mm. drinking water, but <laughs> water while refreshing generally either tastes like nothing or tastes like metal. So I got into the habit of buying Mio. And I just add Mio to like 50 ounces of water, but it always looks like some kind of odd thing. So it started out as being Windex and then tech, like like neon tang or something. And it's always something. It's the container. It's got these ridges in it. It looks like a lamp. There's nothing wrong with that. I can dig it. Cool. Okay. So um, last week was actually a, a, a was last no last week was our summer games challenge. Yes. A week before was Mahjong. No, no. Last week was my summer games challenge. And your games you tried. My, yeah, I, the games I tried, it was really just living through your life. <laughs> I was just, ex- I get to experience things through you vicariously, you know. And it's honestly, I feel like there's a, I mean, you're joking, but. No, I, it's and, no, no, but like at the end of the episode, when I get to this list, I think it kind of lends itself to what's going to ultimately end up being like whatever message I have, which is that. There are so many games. There's too many. Like, even if you were indulging in this whole summer games bid, there's just so much. Like, you can only indulge in so much. And then for every one game you play, there's 35 you won't. So, great. Gugga mugga. Anyway, that comes later. For now, you were saying other stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, last week was our Summer Games Challenge episode where we talked about the games that we both completed (laughs) all summer long. Yeah, Yeah, both of us. Both of us. Both of us. And um, this week is our live Patreon episode. So, if you are a member of our Patreon, which is very easy, patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels, um, any donation or membership at any level in there, you get access to a live streamed recorded episode of our show, which we're doing today. And we are asking all of our listeners. We have we have asked all of our listeners. We have asked our patrons, um, what games you completed, what games did you challenge yourself with, and 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 give us some music suggestions and some maybe some testimonials, something we can read on the air mm-hmm. along with it. And we do that every month. So if you're ever curious, we always announce it on the show. We try to put it up on our Instagrams and Facebooks and Discords, all that stuff, and you can send it to rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. I was drinking very funny. Well, I'm drinking my coolant. <laughs> it is coolant. Rage Cage's statement was, it is definitely oh, coolant. Oh, I see it, yeah. So this week's beverage is coolant. It's delicious. It is delicious coolant. Cooling you down. Um, so we are going to get into some music. Is there anything you want to bring up 
now? Anything you want to get off your chest? Well, I mentioned <laughs> it earlier, but I'll just state it just for next month so I don't forget the end of the episode is that next month's Patreon episode is going to be a little either earlier or later. We haven't decided yet. We have to figure out the scheduling. But right, what we do know right. is that the topic for that one even though we haven't fully announced this month's this episode's topic, but uh, uh, yeah, next month's Patreon topic is going to be monsters, most specifically just monsters you like or your favorite monsters and games. Track doesn't have to be specifically tied to the monster, right? Just the game the monster is in, at least. But obviously, if you choose a monster that has a specific theme related to it, that's totally cool too. The main goal is just to get you to talk about your cool favorite monsters. I want some crazy stuff to pop up. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be scary stuff either. I mean, this is, it's doing it like in an October Halloween style, but whatever whatever monster gets 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 you going. Or whatever monster makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Whatever, yeah, yeah, makes yeah. You, whatever works. Um, and then the following month, November, will be our sixth podcast anniversary. Six years. Six Time years. friggin' flies. Yeah, man. It really does. And the weird thing about it, I don't think anything's changed. Like, it's... It's been six years of us doing the same thing, but don't fix it if it ain't broke, and baby, it's still fun, so it doesn't really matter. Just keep doing that, too. Yeah, I'm glad you're still enjoying it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, no one's had any Sydney work suggests like, you know what? You guys should do the show upside down. You should just be hanging from the ceiling every episode. I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't deny I've played around with like Twitch streams and stuff like that in my mind, but I don't know if that's something we'll ever really move to. And I get weird, like I every once in a while or I find YouTube, myself like thinking doing a YouTube like, show maybe. Yeah, like and like I've had that weirdness like I was like today I posted up a video of me playing through Cave Stories yeah. last boss level because I just happened to have one and I was dabbling. And I'm like, that's the kind of stuff I would do for fun. Mm. I'm not the t- I can't pull off what like you say like, like wise guy Chris Weisner does. Like he does full on twitches, he schedules it, he mm. plans it. I'm too spontaneous for that man. If anything, I'm just going to play a game, record it, and go, I'm going to post it in two weeks. Yeah, I'm lucky I got you here every week. This is literally the most consistent thing I've ever <laughs> done in my life. So, but yeah, I would love to do like a full-on YouTube show, but I know that like people <laughs> consume media in different ways. Like they, they might want to like listen to it while they're driving rather than watch the show. This is going to be an episode topic, by the way. Just want you to know this, that <laughs> me, Bree says... Time to bring, time to get Poochie onto the show. Time to introduce Poochie to the show. Yeah, Poochie. So, for those that didn't know, Poochie was the third itchy and scratchy character that was needed when it was time to shake the show up. So, oh. we're going to make a whole topic related to that third character for the show. Who would be the Who would be the third host of Rhythm and Pixels? <gasps> or Ed Wilson. That, that, <laughs> that could even be a topic. I don't even know. Yeah, it could be a fake person. It could be a real person. Like, I'm just gonna the- I'm gonna get like a soundboard of like Yoshi sounds. <laughs> just, what do you think, Yoshi? <laughs> yeah, but then we would just be biting off of the BGM jukebox because they already had Cookie and they had Haju. Not biting. It's an homage. In that case, it would totally be biting. Fromage. <laughs> All right, so we have a lot of music today. Um, We asked for our listeners and our patrons to come through with some track suggestions from games they completed. We even asked you guys, give us your list. Give us the list of games you finished. And you guys came through hardcore on that. Like I said, I look forward to reading this at the end of the episode. Yeah, so we're actually going to have like a trophy ceremony in the middle or maybe towards the end of the show. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. Purnell is going to read them all in the voice of different presidents hey hey hey. i know like no presidential voices okay so it's gonna be like it'll just be me talking 
Well, I guess I know the Bill Clinton voice because Animaniacs parody yeah, you can do Bill Clinton. out of there. Really Bill Clinton. I feel as though my fellow Americans. That's pretty good. Played a lot of video games. And I can do, uh, I can do, um, President, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> anyway, this isn't great content. We're going to get into some music. So this is a, this is these are tracks hey, you selected sing. by our listeners. Also, I want you to know. Also, you say it's not great content. We could have some Constitution fans in this group. Uh, you know, you're right. You're right. So there pe- could be some folks who love the president. People who are really into American presidents. I don't know who you are, but just, <laughs> uh, let's get into it. Um, this is a odd episode, so that means we start with Pernell. All right, so we had a lot of good suggestions come through. This particular suggestion was both good and way too on the nose for me not to pick it. So I'm going to just get out of the way and go down the rabbit hole with it. This suggestion came from Cameron Worma. This comes <laughs> from the game La Mulana 2. Oh, yeah, you and, know it. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, you, know, you love it. I have to. I have to. And this is Fallen Tower from that game. Um, I didn't even write down the composer. I was not sleeping on that so I'll get the composer in a second. Yeah. But anyway, this is Fallen Tower from Lama Lana 2. Welcome back. You're listening to Fallen Tower from the game La Mulana 2, composed by 
one of these two people, Takumi Naramura or Horyu Samejima. Yes. So it doesn't take much to tell you flat out that if you've been listening to this show in any capacity, you know that La Mulan is my jam. Like, it's it's my baby boo. So <laughs> Cameron, I won't spoil much because I think he mentions it in his dialogue, but Cameron also clearly dove into the La Mulan web rabbit hole, and it took him for all he was worth, but he came out on top in the end, so who cares? Um, and the funniest thing about it is that I picked the same track, I'd say like a year ago, maybe, but it doesn't matter because Cameron submitted it, which allows me to break the rules, and Cameron picked the best track in the game. As far as I'm concerned, this is my favorite track. Um, this is the theme for the Ancient Chaos area of the game. So someone mentioned in the chat, is this a boss fight? Nope, this is an area theme. You're exploring and getting your butt handed to you to this music. Jumping on platforms that drop you in the hot lava that you can't get out of? Yeah! That's some chaos in that. <laughs> but um, let's talk about what Cameron had to say about this yeah, track. But, enough but, about me. <laughs> but enough about me. So Cameron goes, There are JRPGs I could have played through four times in the time that it took me to complete La Mulana 2. And he's not lying. His counter, I think, hit the three-digit range, honestly. Whoa. He put some love into this game. Yeah. There's not one inch of the Eglana ruins that aren't covered in my sweat or my blood. <laughs> I was immersed in this game. It was truly an achievement to complete it. My boys, Pernell and Carlos, shoutouts, I'll take them. Carlos, put your hand up. We, we, um, have, a, we have a chat thread called the Super La Mulana Brothers. We do. It is still alive to this day. For that one month that I played the game. <laughs> <laughs> my boys, Pernell and Carlos, served as invaluable NPCs, occasionally dropping subtle clues to aid me on my quest to uncover the secrets of the children of the mother. It was a grand adventure, one I shan't soon forget. The OST of this game is so good, I couldn't possibly pick just one standout track. It's hard to explain, but the La Mulana games foster a relationship between the player and the songs, unlike even the most emotionally impactful RPGs I've played have done. It may be because you just spend so much damn time wandering these ruins, but I actually think it may be much more than that. It has more to do with the way the games latch onto your brain and force you to earn every single inch of progression. In any case, the Ancient Chaos theme is definitely one that always stood out to me. It's equal parts catchy and intense. Hope you enjoy it. Mm. Well, yeah, if it you don't is. enjoy it, you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it is super catchy. I, for me, it's just like it's a little too full on, you know? There's no quiet section. It's just all heavy. Oh, as it should hit. This level, there should be no quiet. <laughs> the area, the thing of so, worth mentioning to you, because you might not be familiar with this concept of La Mulana, is that uh, Eglon is the same way, in that there's like a front side and a back side to everything. And even though they kind of tweak the system a bit in this game so it's not as clear cut, one can still argue that there's a there's a front side and a back side to each war environment. Mm -hmm. So the back side would be ancient chaos, but the front side was like a place called like Takahamagura Shrine, mm -hmm. and I'm definitely sure I mispronounced that. But that one had the quieter music uh, going for. Okay, okay. So this was intended to be like the heavier one. Yeah, yeah like yeah. when you when you leave the shrine and go here, it's literally chaos. Like everything's on fire. Uh, the platforms just drop out from under you. I like that. Like when we go to your house, you open the door and like like you, like, like a, a platform that drops out, and you end up in this room full of like classic N sixty four games, and you're like, how do I get out? And like flames come out through these CRTs. That's right. Yeah, work to get out. Figure it out. Yeah. I ain't telling you. I'm like, upstairs playing games. <laughs> 
Cameron says, this is how you pronounce Takamagahara. Okay, there you go. So it's all, all together there. You, you, had, you the knew person. it. You knew it. You had to get. You had the. You had the. You had the, 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 the letters. You had the syllables I, in mind. I had like one, two. I had one too many set of four letters <laughs> over in there. I had like Takamahamagahara or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But anyway, th- this game is just like this is the Pernell game. It's crack. Like, and yeah. the thing about it is, like, it's weird in that I have a hard time going back for a replay. Like, it took our hanging out last summer yeah. to get me to replay the first Lamalana game. And yet, despite me having so much difficulty telling myself, play this again, it is one of the best game experiences I've ever had in my 40 plus years on this planet. Like, it's. I've played hundreds of games. This is the one. The La Mulana pair are tops. Like, people talk about Chrono Triggers <sighs> and, their, and their Metroids. I know Camera's like going to shoot me now for saying that. But they're, they're, they're Metroids and their Chrono Triggers and all that. Mm. I love those games, but none of them have done what La Mulan has done for me. Like, it's just something that can't be repeated that this game franchise has done. And it makes me sad and yet happy at the same time. Because that knows that this is an encapsulated experience that will not be repeated ever again. Yeah, especially with all of the, the puzzles. Like, once they're solved, like, they're pretty much solved. And that's the funny thing. Yeah. They are solved, but the way they do puzzles in this game... And how they scatter the clues and stuff out. If you leave the game for a short, a certain amount of time, you you'll back. forget them all. I You're know. doing it again. That's what happened. I know. That's why I never came back to it. I'm like, I can't spend too much time away from this game. I'm going to forget all of the clues. Or or I could be like Cameron and like just be really meticulous. Chris Peterson in the house. Oh, we got a couple cats popped up. That's why I like the. Oh, we got some new people in the chat. Love it. Love to see it. Everybody is good to have you here. Um... All right, so we're going to get into our next track, okay? This one comes from our listener, Michael Bridgewater, um, Mebri64 over on Twitch, and Michael Bridgewater over in the in the world, in the real world. Who did just state he looks like he's going to finally try La Mulan. He's oh, going to grab it on Steam for a, for, a, for a penance. Um, so he chose the Alvern Ruins, or Eelvern Ruins, from Ease 3, Wanderers from Ease, composed by Michiharu Hasiwa, Masaki Harada and Osamu Kasai. listening to the Alvern Ruins from the game Ease 3 Wanderers from Ease for the Super Nintendo composed, composed by Michiharu 
Hasuya, Masaki Harada, and Osamu Kasai. We're losing Kung Fu Carlito. Oh. Have a good night, buddy. Have a good night, Carlos. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, this this track we're listening to was chosen by our listener, friend, and Patreon member, Michael Bridgewater. And this track is an interesting one, too, because, like, it's Ill, it's these episodes, Ilburn Ruins, right? Yes. So, like, these three has had, like, multiple ports and translations yeah. and whatnot. And, of course, that means also different, com- you know, versions of this track. Um, the version I played was on the Turbo CD. Yes. And they were 100% on the nose. They actually were like, this is the Ilburn Ruins. It's <laughs> like Ilburn, yeah. Which is pretty funny because, you know, beneath the Ilburn Ruins is uh, active volcano. So, ah. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh, burn. Burning in the, in the volcano. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes they have to, like, really spell it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to catch up. Um, so, here we have a testimonial from Michael. He says, um, I was a latecomer to the Summer Games Challenge, but I'm very happy that I got into it since I found myself completing Ease 3, Wanderers from Ease, and Ease 4, Mask of the Sun for the Super Nintendo, both of which turn out to be very charming games packed with great tunes. The tune I've selected here is quite typical of the Ease soundtracks that I'm familiar with, with a fiery, melodic approach that, to my ears, resembles a cross between Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. Okay, I get that. Um, Not a bad thing at all in my book, although the Summer Games Challenge is now over, I'm still going to try and find time to play through a fan translation of East 5, Lost Kiefin, so Kingdom of Sand for the Super Famicom. I'll let you know how it goes, Pranel. Uh, please do, because yeah. I'll be honest, that's like you'll be that'll be the one ease game that I've never picked up and tried. So I'll be you'll be ahead of the curve for me on on, on that one for me. Because I would like to see it. I'd like to give it a try, but time, man, time. <laughs> I mean even now I just downloaded Shining Force Guide in. Like I just added that to my darn stat. So it's like, it's... I know, but you just got Shining Force on the brain right now, right? From from completing the Shining Force 1. I do. So that was a challenge from our listener, Chris Wisner, who put up a 20 spot, right? Oh, I took that 20 spot. So what? Well, the thing is, remember, it wasn't... The challenge itself came because oh. he caught interest. He caught wind of the fact that I was burning out. I was like, I can't get myself uh, to do it. Like, I started it. It was like, eh. Well, I mean, I was challenging yourself to get through the burnout. Um, so we were talking about persona before the show and he said hey i can make it worth your while yeah if he offers me 20 bucks for you to beat the game that would be a trip because just imagine i'll never leave you alone i I, I mean i don't like this this precedent that we're setting here he's like he's a game pusher you know (laughs) i don't like what's happening (laughs) i don't know man i'm not really enjoying this game look here kid i got 20 bucks on it yeah or not i don't know i'm I'm like i feel like i'm falling out of a game playing phase right now i'll get back into it but I'll, i'll I can honestly relate to that because, like, for me, gaming it, it does ebb and flow. Though, admittedly, yeah. the game review stuff has been almost consistent, but it's been sometimes it's like I'm just in it for the reviews themselves and the dialogue, and other times I'm like fired up. It's like I want to play through this and talk yeah. about it. Like, there was a time like I was doing nothing but playing Street Fighter Five, and then there was a time where I was getting through like I was playing through Final Fantasy Ten again. I'll be it. It was Final Fantasy Ten again. I know. There was a time I was playing Enter the Gungeon, like every moment that I had. Well, there's something to be said. Like it, it, it speaks to your well, gameplay that, style. Though. That's what it is. I'm, I'm picking the one game and just doing it. Yeah, because like me, yeah. and I've always been this way, and you've yeah. always been that way. Like you bounce I, around. I bounce around to a lot of different games. <laughs> Chris Weisner says, "I'll pay you twenty dollars for you not to finish Persona Five, <laughs> and <laughs> therefore will curse Purnell forever." Hey, hey, hey. Hey. Ah, that's good. Hey, I'll just spoil the ending for him. That covers the do in that regard. I'll still get out of it. That's good, I'll man. I'll still be happy in the end. I'll, I'll, that, that, that's, a, that's a few beers. <laughs> but, like, but like what I'm saying <laughs> is that uh, you, 
Like, but you've always been the type where you you try one game and you just obsess with it to master. You need to master the game, so you just play it ad nauseum, probably forever because the game doesn't have a max ceiling. Yes. So you'll keep playing until you get bored. The and best then games. You stop. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why I fell out of Guitar Hero, and then like I didn't want to go back when it got really hard. But like there was a ceiling. There was only so many songs. It was over. You know. Yeah, and then with Final Fantasy X, that hook is. That's your form of social. That's your comfort game. You played it with your missus before you met her. So that's become the thing where it's like, oh, I feel nostalgic. Remember when we played this game? Remember how awful Blitzball? Let's go back to that, honey. Uh, that's your thing there. I want to play Chrono Cross again. I wish I wish there was a digital Chrono Cross I can get into. I thought there was. There's not. I mean, damn. If someone can prove me wrong, that's Oh, you're right, not. Fantastic. Because you have a PS4. PS3, you could be able to do that. Why would they make that different? Because they're stupid. That makes me, that makes me sad. All right, so anyway, I'm loving this track. I've, I've, when I first heard it, I kept thinking this was um, uh, Genesis, but it's just this is a really clean um, rip of the music that Michael ripped himself. So thank you. Honestly, yeah, I believe I like- he ripped it himself. So we are on to Pernell's second track. My Schmeckin track. Well, this is an easy pick then because this is from the guy who recently just left the chat, which makes me sad because he would have totally heard it if he stayed. Oh, I'm really excited about this one. I, I was like, if you didn't pick this one right away, I was going to pick it right away. Dominic Nenmark. I'm not going to ignore Dominic Nenmark. I, I love this guy. So this comes from a game that I'm probably going to buy when I get home tonight. Um, submitted by Kung Fu Carlito. This is from the game Mighty Goose. I believe it's on Steam. And it's also on the Switch, at least. Um, this is Stage 2, Act 2, the Convoy Stage, composed again by Dominic Nenmark.
Welcome back. Um, you are listening to Stage 2, Act 2, the Convoy stage from the game Mighty Goose. Um, composed by Dominic Nenmark and submitted by listener and friend Kung Fu Carlito. That man knows music and he knows Dominic Nenmark as a beast. Yeah. But he didn't just listen to the music. He's also played Mighty Goose. So let's see what he had to say about this phenomenal beast of a spectacular spinster tune of raging alcohol wop words coming out of my mouth. Anyway, here we go. My pick for this episode is from Mighty Goose. This high-energy run and gun puts you in the metallic boots of a cybernetically enhanced waterfowl. God, I love that statement. Honking his way through space, collecting bounties from planet to planet. A short but sweet experience, the game fills the screen with enemies to blast through, and the action is the perfect blend of cartoonish mayhem and high-caliber power fantasy. Not terribly difficult, but there is a grading system and a combo ticker that makes the stages tasty to revisit to reach for that higher ceiling. Give me a higher ceiling! Um, (laughs) I had a great time with it. This track is from the second act of the Planet Zandback area of the game. A metal slug meets Mad Max desert convoy stage that has you riding an armored unibike. <laughs> it's composed by Dominic Nenmark, who VGM fans might remember from such great games as... Oh, I gotta do this the proper way. It's composed by Dominic Nenmark, who VGM fans might remember from such great games as Rival Megagun and Blazing Chrome. Because yeah. he put in Troy McClure voice, and that was uh, the best I could do. I thought it was pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. Sadly, there hasn't been an official soundtrack release for Mighty Goose yet. Here's the hope when one shows up, though. There is some free content coming out this year, though. So hopefully we get something soon regarding the music, because this rules. And he is right. I love these action games that have like added point systems and time systems that are intended for you to replay stages. Because mm-hmm. I get really into playing them over and over again for better times and better... like. Um, I think of Dust Force. Now, Dust Force is all about just getting the best time, getting the best time. But I had, I just, I kept having to replay the stages over and over again just to get it perfect, get it perfect, get it perfect. Um, and I could see myself doing it with this game, just with these action-style side-scrolling games. I'm just actually, trying to get for, like, for the perfect combo, you know. And it also helps for these guys because, uh, and it came out recently with the release of Steel Assault, which is another really fantastic game for folks who are listening. Give it a shot if you can afford it. Um, but. Uh, they a lot of complainers were saying, and honestly, it's a reasonable complaint. It's too short. Like you'll knock it out in like an hour or so, and then you're done. And it costs you like 15 bucks for an hour of entertainment. And I'm like, you know, but with a game like that, there is no grace. It's just getting through it. But if Mighty Goose was such game, yeah, and you could go back to get a grade S yeah, ranking or something, maybe unlock some goose art or something. I don't know. Like it justifies you wanting to go back despite beating the game. Now you want to master the game, and there's a reward if you do. You know. I don't know, man. Like for an hours or so worth of a game, fifteen bucks seems pretty reasonable. It is, but yeah. the thing is, we live in an age now where ch- options are plentiful. Like yeah. you can get a game that's forty but hours for ten. I'm like, or I can go out to a movie and spend plenty of more than that. You know, like honestly, yeah. in a lot of respects, I feel like video games get a fairly unfair level of value for cash. But a lot of that does come from the fact that other people have done it first. And then you also have a digital market where a game can just go on sale for forty nine cent, and then bam! Look at how much how much yeah. entertainment's worth. Here. The, the market is very skewed, and especially for these larger companies that could eventually, yeah, discount their games so heavily. Also, I gotta mention this because it's in the chat. 
I wanted to bring this up. So Soul of Sanctuary, I'm not sure why. I think she brought it because of the Kingdom Hearts dialogue. She says, I'm wondering who the last Super Smash Brothers fighter is going to be. Personally, and you can quote me on this, it's going to be Nahobino from Shin Megami Tensei Five. Oh. Just because they tend to have a way of announcing characters tied to big releases that are coming up or have come up. So You don't think it's going to be Mighty Goose? I, if it were, I'd be legit happy. Let's <laughs> be, be honest here. Heck, if it was anything Contra-esque, I'd be happy. Or just the Goose from Untitled Goose Game. Nah, but he should be a trophy for sure. The fact that he's not a trophy does make me a yeah. little sad. But Chris Weisner thinks that the final character is going to be me, which makes <laughs> me know that, one, we all know that's not going to happen just because, unfortunately, Nintendo doesn't understand pure quality. Yeah, they... But <laughs> also... It does make me wish that someone out there was like, hey, here's a Purdell character model. Boom, done, ripped up. Because I am going to, believe it or not, I am going to try to voice, like, submit, like, a voice work, like, audition for, like, a fighting game that, like, an indie guy is doing called, like, Murfight or something. Murfight. And I'm like, hey, maybe I'll get it in the game. That would be cool. And I was like, I was already wowed him in an interview. I was like, here's a bunch of stupid puns related to water. Give me a job. <laughs> it's like, we'll see. So. You think he's a writing credit for that one? Um, someone says, uh, uh, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio thinks it's going to be Waluigi. And I can't be because he left Nintendo to join um, his... To, actually, he started his own game company called Wa Nintendo. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would totally... <laughs> I mean, admittedly... If he were, they should, what they should do, but yeah. they won't. They should announce one character, and then at the very, very end, be like, "Here's Waluigi. Just, just put him in the damn game. Just give me, give me, give me a little, little lanky boy, little, little, uh, little tall, tall, skinny, lanky Waluigi. They could even just take Wario and give him a Watendo. Waluigi character swap. Watendo, that's so good. What? <laughs> Um, all right, so we're going to move on to our next track. This one was selected by listener and Patreon member Ulf Person. He picked from the game Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, and we're going to listen to the track, the title track, Ritual of the Night.
I love it. You're listening to Ritual of the Night from the game Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, composed by Michiri Yamane, and this was selected by our listener, Ulf Persson. I honestly love this. Like this game. This is, this, is the, this is like the first track you hear in the game, and it is just like is uh, it? It's one of the, it's at least it's the, either the first out in the woods or it's the first in the castle. Ah, okay. Because I feel like once you hear that, like that opening, it's like yes. Like, I know what I'm in for. I'm in for a Castlevania experience. You beat the main game, right? If I remember correctly. Um, I got the bad ending, and then I worked towards the good ending, and then gave up because. I, ha- I had so many glitches. I just was like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and that's partly why I stopped. But people were telling me that they did a great job, like, patching it and fixing it yeah. on the Switch. So I tell myself I want to go back. Yeah, there's something else that was going on. Like, it was taking too long to defeat things or, or something. With, oh, I backtracked too many times. I forget. I, spent, I put a lot of time into this game this year, though. Something about a really good Metroidvania, I am going to play to death. And honestly, like this... A Momoradara memory... Oh, Momoradara is great. Reverie and Moonlight or whatever. I, I, I wasn't even expecting to fall in love with that game. And I just was like, I'm not going to do anything else for a while and just play this one game. Like, this guy, so though, good. like, I like pretty much everything about it. And the thing that deterred me, as dumb as it's going to sound, I think I mentioned it to someone else on the sh- that listens to the show, and they gave me a, a spin to not have to do this. I think I was talking to Ulf person about it, actually. Uh, the farming... And that yeah. I wanted to make stuff, and it's like, hey, you got to come back in like six hours to get a grain of rice yeah, to I never make this figure, dish. I never figured out how to do a lot of the farming and the crafting. Like, I would just like would run out, take all my money and all my things, and be like, I'll just make this one thing. What can I do? And then just leave it. And I never got into like, I'll make the rice to do the rice to get the potato to get the potato to the lady. Like I didn't do any of that stuff. And that's what stopped me because I tried that and I was like, I want to just do it now. I don't want to wait for the farmer to do his work. Just right. give me the stuff. Yeah. So in the end, I need. But he was like, Yeah, just go back. It's not like real time. You can fudge it or something. And I was like, Well, if that's the case, maybe I should just go back. Or as a sane person would tell me to do, just ignore the freaking element and just play the game. That's exactly what <laughs> I did. Um, so Ulf uh, writes to us. He says. Um, this was by far the best game I have played this summer. I loved Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and this is absolutely worthy successor to that game. Gameplay-wise, I actually think it's better than its predecessor. Yeah, I even played through this game twice, and I don't even remember the last time I played through a game two times. I 100% agree yeah. with him on the gameplay, too, because the gameplay is more akin to what was developed for Aria and Dawn of Sorrow. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of like beating enemies and getting like their soul crystal. In the case of this game, it's like crystal shards or something. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, the crystal shards would leave the enemies, and you can get additional moves and stuff from them. And that, that was a really fun way to do it. Oh yeah, and like, you can explore, and you didn't, you didn't have to use them all. Some of them you really needed to use them to keep exploring, but you could just pick and choose, and it was fun to fun to do that. And for me, that made like that's why Dawn, sorry, why Aria Sorrow is like my favorite of that block on the D on the Game Boy Advance too and it's even better than Dawn of Sorrow in my opinion because like, I just like getting the monster souls and be like what does this one do like I told you earlier in the episode like ooh Kung Fu Maid what the heck is yeah. her ability yeah exactly like, you just want to know yeah I think that was the, it was like some kick move or something I forget no hers I think unfortunately was uh, actually like one of the support ones where it's like you get like oh. more like more hit points when you heal or something crazy like that I liked a lot of this um, anyway, he, he, the last the end of his email he writes when it comes to the soundtrack when it comes to the music, the soundtrack is almost there. He still believes that Symphony of the Night is just a little bit better, but it's still awesome. I'm kind of with you on that, and I think it's not just because it's more iconic. I feel like 
I don't know, the music is just stronger in Symphony of the Night. Like, these are great. And some of the tracks are, are very, very strong. Symphony of the Night has lost painting. That's all I need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just, um, there's like waltzes. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah, the waltz track, too. Yeah, and I'm again, and a lot of this a lot of this music was also by the same composer of Symphony of the Night, Michiro Yamane. Um, so, I don't know. It's just, I, I just love Symphony of the Night music. It's a, it's a symphony to my evening. Wicked except for I'll totally <laughs> call you on using the M word, too. Though, I do like... I hate saying it. I hate saying it, but it's a, a explorative exploration side scroll but specifically 2D side scrolling games with with crazy exploration elements in it from what I've been hearing the thing that people have been trying to get to take off Mm -hmm. is search action search action is the dumbest thing I've ever heard you're not alone in that like that's why I don't say it hot take Right now, take well, back we, in a day. We share that hot take, so we pretty much just baked the cake here because yeah. it's not. I don't like that term. Two D action exploration game. I'm gonna say that. I would rather. I would rather say like five more things. You <laughs> <laughs> know um, that, but like, but yeah, it's something about this style of game. Also, Axiom Verge, which I know you haven't played yet. Um, I just I fall into it, and it just exploring new areas and getting excited about new enemies. Boy, I just can't stop playing them. It hits all the notes. Like yeah. You say explore, so you find new places. New enemies find new enemies. And you're constantly getting upgrades mm-hmm. across various platforms. You get new weapons, new armor, new abilities. You level up. Actually, you get traversal yeah. abilities, no less. Not just combat ones. With uh, Momo Adara, there wasn't much else in the way of earning new things. There was like one power-up. Or, or transformation spell that you got that was really important, and then like that was really it. You had like a, you had the leaf sword, and you had a bone arrow. So in that regard, the game didn't have that element of the boost, but it was still the exploring and finding new enemies. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, all, yeah, it's the new areas. It was so so much fun. So I don't know. Maybe you could just give me more of these games. <laughs> I think that's why I'm excited about the the, the Castlevania Advance uh, collection. I never played them. Oh, you would love them. Yeah. Well, re- let me rephrase that. You might dislike Circle of the Moon. Which one was that? One? That's the very first one that was on the Game Boy Advance. It I was would, a launch game. I would, oh, okay. Because I would probably start at the beginning. That doesn't. Like you should, but it's one of those. It was like you already know what you like. So if you find yourself not enjoying it, you just run in the second. Just kind of skip it. The um, yeah, it's not like Castlevania Adventure, right? Where it's no. Well, no. It's no. It's literally. <laughs> it was literally them no. saying people like Symphony of the Night. Oh, Let's okay. make another one. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, I'm cool with that. I'm down with another one. I I played Bloodstained. <laughs> well, yeah, but like the thing is, like, well, Bloodstained again, like that's that's like peak refinement. It's like, hey, we've had like a decade of games like this. What is take the best of all of that? Circle of the Moon is literally Symphony of the Night exists. It's the only template. Let's make that game. Let's just keep doing it, but a little more limited, and with this weird card system. So, yeah. <laughs> also, a weaker narrative. Oh, that's too. And bad. that says a lot considering that it's we're talking about a Metroidvania game. Or uh, you mean a search fight? <laughs> search junction. Search junction. All right. So we're onto your a third track. All right. The set. Third track. This track comes from new patron and hopefully soon podcast friend, Game Fan Forty Four. Mm. This track came through, and to be blunt. I listened to it, and I attempted. I, I actually booted the game back up because of the track. I was like, I get to look forward to this later. This is probably better than my current favorite from the game. Yes, this is from 
<laughs> Rob. Persona uh, 5 <laughs> Strikers. This is Counter-Strike from that game. And I will get you Composer in a second because I don't want to just assume it's Shoji Maguro, but it's probably Shoji Maguro.
Welcome back. You're listening to Counter-Strike from the game Persona 5 Strikers, composed by Atsushi Kitojo, Gota Masuoka, and Ayana Hira. So, originally, I just blurted out Shoji Maguro because I'm like, oh, I have this Persona. <laughs> but I totally had to remember that this is actually developed by Tecmo Koei because this is a Musou-style Persona beat-em-up game. So, of course, they brought on the Omega Force composer team, which are these individuals... And I stand to believe, personally, people who question or disagree if they want, but the Persona 5 Strikers OST kicks the snot out of the Persona 5 OST. They're both great! They're both great. They're both great! <laughs> it's like someone's going to jump out the uh, the chat room to get you. Oh, the, the, uh, uh, on my throat. It's fun because it's definitely capturing some of the spirit of the Persona 5 soundtrack. The like, like, kind of bluesy, jazzy sound to it, but like definitely heavier rock-oriented stuff, right? And the best way to actually get that encapsulation pulled off or understood is the... Uh, or I've totally misused it, but I don't care. Um, the best way to convey that transition of style change is to listen to their version of Blooming Villain, which is the boss theme, the normal boss theme from this game, because this is apparently a boss theme for a specific character who I won't spoil. I spoiled it for myself to look it up. But uh, suffice to say, yeah, I went, I'm back at this game. Um, and... For those who want to wonder why did Pradell stop, you're going to laugh because, of course, this is why Pradell stopped. I picked hard mode because I'm like, well, it's Persona. I can handle hard mode. Actually, I should be doing normal. It's but, a Musou game. But it's a Musou game. And I got to the first boss, who was Alice. Um, Alice the rabbit. Which is funny because she is a rabbit. Right. Um, and apparently dodging with four like three like uncontrolled characters is very tough because they're just getting hammered even though I'm not engaging with them it's like I'm dodging Alice just fine but my backup characters are getting wrecked so it's like where goes my healer and we're gonna get the hell up you know all these people aren't pulling their weight and now I gotta figure out how to manipulate everybody and keep everybody alive whereas normally I'm just supposed to be keeping myself alive the heck with the team so in hard mode you're meant to so this is the difference between hard mode and normal mode? Well, normal mode is the same concept of like management, but you'd also have to figure in, hard, in normal mode, you're taking less damage, so it's probably easier to keep up with the wailing that uh, you're experiencing. You know, stuff like that. Maybe the boss has less attacks. Yeah, I, 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 I'm hearing, I'm hearing um, um, little whiffs of like Donald Duck just getting getting wailed on and goofy. yeah yeah i'm like oh where'd my healer go and then like goofy's knocked out and i'm like oh man yeah there they I, go again it's been, and honestly that's pretty much what boils down to because like the first boss that did that to me was like a sub boss you fight inside of like a jail classroom like the girl like the spirit of a girl who bullied the main like the the owner of the jail or whatever mm. and i lost my healers and i was like i'm not wasting my items to revive these jerks so i'm just running around like pecking at the enemy oh man eventually just like i finally switched to use like ryuji because normally i don't like using different characters in these games because they all control differently like they have specific right. attack pattern quirks that are unique to them so, so you, you want to get good at one and not like have to mess it up and like change your flow right exactly yeah, 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 yeah. but i was stuck i was like well i guess i'm gonna switch to ryuji again there's charge attacks but in the end this game is legit. Like, it's fantastic. And it is a direct sequel to Persona 5 before Royal, though, So, which is good for folks who didn't play through Royal. Um, Royal is, Royal is a, um, just another version of, of the original game, right, with added stuff? Well, it's an extension. So it's not just, like, a bonus dungeon here and there. They actually expanded the story and then 
and the end that goes beyond the ending. Okay. So it's like a whole new semester. Which you still shouldn't tell me because eventually I uh, will. Well, I don't know it. I, I know it because I partly spoiled myself because I bought Royal and was like, I'm never going to play another 100 hours of Persona despite liking the game. It's too many games. I can't. And my cousin Rachel definitely, definitely did. She was like, just give me more. Give me more. I'll do it again. <laughs> take me around this. Take me around this crazy, this crazy roller coaster I, again. I feel like if I were like nineteen or twenty, mm-hmm. yeah, and my game access was more limited, I'd be compelled to do a hundred hours twice in the same game. Because they're like, well, they changed it. Now, I mean, now there's a different confidant, or now like some personas learn a specific perk. I'm like, yeah, but I'm still in the museum. I'm still in Madarami's castle. Uh, museum. I'm still in the space muse- the spaceport. Like those things are all the same, so I'm it's not ex- just a little bit of extra stuff. Right? Yeah, they're just slightly tweaked, which to me ain't enough to put a hundred hours in. Yeah. And I want the end content, but I'm like, just give me a save file that puts <laughs> me at the back end of the game so I can experience it. that'd be great. But anyway, I'm rambling. The point is, um, Persona Five Strikers is great. The OST is great. Game Fan Forty Four made a nice splash with her first track. Um, Actually, unfortunately, I- she didn't have a actual like a. Uh, she didn't have an actual dialogue to go along with this, or but she did have another track that had a dialogue, but I don't know if she intended for us to pick this other one. Yeah, she, she was like, it. she said she gave us a track with a, with a little testimonial, and then was like, but also this one, and you picked the other one. Because this one's just, you can't <laughs> you not. Know what? Yeah, I mean, you, you went for it. So, um, all right, so my final track here is going to come from Stephen Miller. Anybody see the movie Tron? <laughs> no. It's like the movie Tron. Yes, I have Tron on my body. <laughs> Tattooed on my body. Um, all right, so we're going to go with a track uh, picked by Stephen Miller. This is Duel with Gadwin from the game Grandia. How grand is it? It's Grandia.
And we're back. You just listened to Duel with Gadwin from the game Grandia. And this one was composed by Noriyuki Iwadare. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, Gadwin's secret move, Dragon King Slice. I don't remember this. Uh, I, I don't think I played this, this, this very far. Oh, I played this game to death. So I, I haven't this... played the museum disc that a friend somehow got. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember talking about this. So, yeah, I had, I had it on the Dreamcast for a while. I just I didn't, didn't get through it. Oh, yeah, the second one then. Oh, that was Grandia 2. Yeah, Grandia My 2 bad. was the Geo- Geohound. Geohound, that's what it was. Yeah, that's the second game. The um, first game yeah, was so the never, real... Yeah, never touched the first one. First one, to me, overall, was the better. Like Obviously, 2, graphically and stuff, was better. But as far as the just the story and the characters and all, mm-hmm. 1 is the probably the best iteration of that narrative type, which is it's all about a kid who wants to go on an adventure. So he does. Like, he just leaves town one day with his best friend and this mysterious girl he comes across, and they go on an adventure, and they see the world, and they get to the end of the world and go, we're going to cross. Like, you, you, well, you've heard of One Piece. I know you haven't watched it, but you've heard of it. It's like One Piece <laughs> did that with the whole Grand Line. Now we cross the Grand Line. It's the end of the world. But on the other side of the end of the world, there's the actual world. And that's what Grandia does, and the kids are exploring, oh, like experiencing that. all that. Yeah, it's kind of like a metaphor for like reaching the end of like their childhood experiences and stepping into adulthood. Yes. Okay. And it's just that's kind of fun. It's got great characters. The music stands out, and this whole thing here, the thing with Gadwin, um, is and I'm just only saying it because I know he didn't mention it in his description for it. Um, Gadwin is like a warrior that he meets on the other side of the wall. Like it's like one of the first major characters he meets and he travels with him and he kind of learns from him. Like this, this guy's a real adventurer. He's got what it takes and he's really strong. And at a certain point in the game, they have to separate. He's like, okay, I got to go back to my town. Mm-hmm. You have to continue your adventure. But before he leaves, he duels with Justin to kind of just kind of test him. But he also teaches him his like signature attack, which is, as far as the, the translation dubbed it, it was Dragon King Slice. I'm pretty sure that the, the recent dub probably altered that and changed it. But on the original PS1 dub, it was Dragon King Slice. Okay. And it was just like this cool aspect. And this music plays during that fight. I love it. This is, th- this is a great tune for like a duel. You know, between like these two characters, they're, they're, they're going to be squaring off against each other. It's, and I love how, how long this is, too. There's so many like movements to the song. There's so many parts. Um, Stephen Miller gave us a short um, testimonial. He says, uh, Given my limited time with the TV in my household, I only managed to complete one game, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. And that's all music from the anime. So, that's all right. But I am most of the way through Grandia, and I've been playing it all summer, so here is a standout track. As always, I hope you enjoy. And I did enjoy. This is one of my favorite tracks of the episode. Well, it's a good name. Apparently, he does say that, nope, they didn't change the name. It's still Dragon King Slice. Oh, okay, good. Well, I'm good for that because I love the translation. And I will agree. He says the voice acting is cringy. It really is. But you got to give it credit where it is. Like, the original game came out, like, 98. And back then, we didn't really have, like, VGM voice actors guilds and stuff. I think our, our first really good dub was yet to was like either it was yet to come or it just hit which was Metal Gear Solid. Right. And if you remember that floored area I was like, whoa, this is a good dub. Yeah, we were like, oh wait a minute. This is what voice acting can be in a game? This is legit. Yeah. So like but uh 
of course, since then, we've had, you know, there's a voice actors guild for video games. Yeah, things have come a long, a long way in, in the medium. I think it's attracted more talent, and I think translations have gone past, like, literal translations into more localization. Mm-hmm. And there's, of course, you know, there's more games being created all around the world. So, Oh, yeah. In, in, in the native speaking the native speakers of, of that language too. Like, like I'll be honest with you, we had that suggestion before regarding the Swedish games. Mm-hmm. We could totally do like Brazilian because apparently three games that I've played this year that are good, by the way, were from Brazil. Wow, which I didn't know. Okay, <laughs> but I, like I, we could do we could do like a round the world game come game production. Every, every week we could do a different part of the world. I would be into that. I think it's a great idea. Just we'll just avoid North America and Japan. Yes, because those are the ones that everyone knows about. Let's get some some other ones. So I think before we get into our bonus round, we have some people we wa- we would like to acknowledge. Th- those those of you those, those of our listeners on the front lines of video games. The ones playing all the games that we could not finish. Well, finishing the games that are just that we couldn't do that you couldn't do. Well, these people are the ones finishing them. We're not just not just go with that. It's just also it's just the general idea that you know a lot of people. Actually, I guess I do like what you said because it lends <laughs> to the idea like a lot of people tend to say I just don't right. have time to play games or games just aren't for me and whatnot. And that's not a knock because everybody does what they want to do with their time, but. I just really, and I say this from the bottom of my heart, I genuinely appreciate the fact that I just kind of willfully just like, hey, we should do this. Actually, no, if I remember correctly, the last Reekin originally suggested the idea of the Summer Games Challenge. Yeah, I mean, he started this whole problem. He and should I, come over here and finish it. <laughs> I latched on to it. I was like, this is a great idea. <laughs> um, and But I honestly and truthfully will <laughs> admit that I did not expect many people to really work with it. You know how it is. Like People like, you know, this is a passive thing to do. I don't care. You know, but... This really makes me feel good. Like seeing the people, everyone submit their list of games they played through or even attempted. Mm-hmm. It was just, it feels good because right. Rob can attest to this. Like for as much as we talk about, I talk, well, as much as I talk to Rob about games on this show and <laughs> my day to day, I don't really get to talk to a lot of people about video games. Most people I know don't really play them. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is your outlet for, for that sort of discussion. Yes. Yeah. So to see these people, every, all you guys write in, mm-hmm. I wanted to read through them because this is fantastic. So, all right, so here we go. Um, this is us. We want to thank you. We salute you. Those who we lost in the video game wars of 2021. <laughs> Stop. No. So, starting with Off Person, he knocked out Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, played through it two times, Tailspin, and Forager. The last Reekin, he wrote in and claimed he didn't beat any games, but he did beat two games. He completed Cybernauts and Gigawing. Kung Fu Carlito, masterful game player, took out A Short Hike, <laughs> Cyber Shadow, The Link's Awakening Remaster for the Switch, Streets of Rage 4, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon 2, and he played Samurai Showdown 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, oh, wow. playing through each one as Ukiyo Tachibana through ar- via arcade mode. Cameron Worma. The beast of a game that he played through, La Mulana 2. Like I said, he put in triple-digit hours on that bad boy. Metroid Zero Mission, Metroid Fusion, Super Metroid, which is his favorite game ever. Metroid Sam's Returns, Metroid Prime. Wow. Can you spot a trend here? And trying to complete story. Yeah, Metroid Summer. (laughs) Chris Wisner, the wise guy. 
Origami, Blast Corpse, Critters for Sale, the Final Fantasy 1 Pixel Remaster, the Final Fantasy 4 Pixel Remaster, Gate of Doom, Hades, my award for the most ridiculous game title right here, Milk Inside a Bag of Milk Inside a Bag of Milk. <laughs> I need to know what the hell that game is. Looking it up. Keep going. Papers, Please, Parasite Eve, Res Infinite, Wizard Fire, and World of Horror. I have a surprise one here that I won't say just yet, so I'll skip that one. Chris Murray. Murray! Fire Emblem Three Houses by way of the No Death Church Run. Those who know what that is will know what it is. Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, Mass Effect 3. Trails of Cold Steel 4. I put him onto the Trails of Cold Steel games. He beat them before I did. Hades. Ease 4, Monstrum Knox, Cadence of Hyrule. Control Ultimate Edition. Tokyo Xanadu EX Plus. And DuckTales via the Disney Afternoon Collection. Mike Myers. He went on a retro tear. Played oh, wow. through Dynamite Heady. Yes, he did. Trampoline Terror. P-47, the Freedom Fighter. Here's a surprise one I didn't expect anyone to play through. Gakisha Boy, a.k.a. Photo Boy. If you don't know what that is, look it up and get a really good laugh. Jackie Chan's Action Kung Fu. Yeah. Die Hard on the TurboGrafx-16. E-SWAT. Cyber Police. Mercs. Midnight Resistance. Fire Shark. Ghostbusters. Thunder Fox. And funny enough... All the board game mini games in the Yakuza franchise, but totally not completed any of the actual Yakuza games. Mebri64, our buddy who just went to bed. Persona 4 Golden, Ease 3 Wanders from Ease, Ease 4 Mask of the Sun, R Type Dimensions EX. Curly Kevin, I'm almost done, guys. <laughs> Batman Arkham Asylum. Game Fan 44 knocked out Legend of Zelda Link to the Past on the Game Boy Advance, Persona 5 Strikers, The World Ends With You Final Remix, Sky Children of Light, and Spiritfarer Beverly Update. I'm not sure what that one is, but I'm going to look it up later. Steven Miller, as we mentioned earlier, knocked out Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. That comes to a grand total, not meant, including the one I didn't mention just yet, right. 70 games. And none of the games were repeated amongst the patrons, which means all of you played 70 distinctly unique games over the summer and knocked them out. And we even have like a wall of shame, quote unquote, <laughs> which are games that we that was mentioned as being completed. Honestly, the title was, the term was dubbed by off person. Um, he said Persona 4. He attempted it. He said maybe I would have beaten it if Rob had tried harder on Persona oh, 5. Oh, you can't you can't put that on me. Oh, oh. no way. No, Monster I'm not taking this one. <laughs> Monster Boy in the Cursed Kingdom and Stephen Miller for PSB his track submission Grandia One. Hmm. So honestly, that was fantastic. Like I. This is legit. Again, 70 completely un... Like, completely distinct and unrepeated games. That is baller. Mm. And so many of them were ease games. So many ease games. I think I think, um, I think. think you've inspired some people to get into some ease, into the world of ease. Just the way it should be, because ease deserves to be played by everybody. But um, here, I'll tell you what. Before we get into this bonus round... Something's coming up. Something's coming up right now. We got a, a bonus track before our bonus round. We got a surprise submission to the show. This track comes from Stephen Miller's wife, Hell. 
She submitted a track from a game that she completed, the IE missing game from the 70, No Man's Sky. And the track is titled 60, oh sorry, Supermoon, and is composed by 65 Days of Static. was Supermoon from No Man's Sky by 65 Days of Static. 
That was picked by our listener, Hell. And yes, we're going to use the name Hell. And it's really interesting because. Like, Hell. Hell. Like, like, Probably like, Hall. <laughs> it's Hell. Hell. You got to stick with it. Like, so when I listened to this, when I first heard it, I was like, this sounds like the sort of music that I would listen to, like, normally, like, outside of a game. Like, this is. Very dream pop shoegazy to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it actually is interesting to read through the chat that Chris Dieterson says he actually saw these guys open for The Cure, which is a very good pairing for those genres that I named. Uh, this track is great. That's so good. But uh, you want to read the testimonial or shall I? What do you, what do you want? I made you do it. All right, let's get this party started. <laughs> oh, I'm happy now. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm always happy. Oh, oh, I'm sometimes happy. Uh, let's see. So, No Man's Sky is a game that I don't believe can truly be completed in the traditional sense. Not with all the moving around, randomly generated galaxies, and mass swaths of content Hello Games keeps adding to make up for its past mistakes. However, there is a certain point in the game that can be considered an ending, and when it happens, Supermoon is the song that begins to play. Guys, this song struck me in the chest. It swelled and mellowed in ways that my heart just couldn't comprehend. In a game full of chill, atmospheric music, the sudden spark of hope and renewal this track emanates it takes one completely out of left field. So, Hal submitted this track. She wanted it to be a nice, fun surprise for Stephen Miller because she's never submitted a track before, but she does listen to it alongside him. Now, worth noting, because it brought it made me think about this actually. If any of you other guys are listening to this show, too, and you happen to have spouses or such that are listening to the show with you, by all means, you're all, you're, you're just as much a part of the family. You're a listener, too. <laughs> oh, stop, Millhouse. <laughs> you're a listener, too, man. See you in the car. I sneezed earlier, and now my voice is all funky. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, excellent track. I do I do love the soundtrack to No Man's Sky. That's a game that I, I, I really wanted to fall into, but I just I fell felt like i could never catch up with surviving in that game like i was always behind and to the point where i would get lost and then i would just keep running out of oxygen or i would just i would get attacked by something so i, I never really got to enjoy the kind of slow contemplative um, um kind of meditative state of that game of just enjoying the different worlds and seeing different things have a good night bedroff um in addition to that like made me think that like is that the kind of game where the resources are like limited as like if you're on a planet and you're looking around, you can legitimately just run out of access to things you need to survive? I think so. It's a lot of it's just like you might be on a planet that doesn't have what you need at all and it's gotta go you gotta go to another planet. Oh like you gotta realize it quickly enough and then leave before you die. Yeah, but there's so many things. There's so many things. I feel like crafting games I, I can't wrap my head around because I can never remember everything that I need. I've played a few. Like, there was one I played a lot of called Breath Edge. I'm guessing. I could be wrong. Or I could just be bad at reading. Well, I mean, it depends. Like, and the way I describe this game here, you let me know if it's similar. And Stephen Miller, for that matter, too. So it was called like played it. Bath Edge? Like, Breath Edge. Of Breath Edge. It's terrible humor, but overall cool game where you're in space, you're on a wrecked ship, and you're trying to find safety. So you exit the ship, and you have a limited supply of oxygen. So you go out and you search wreckage for supplies and things of that nature using tools to, like, say, collect, like, like CO2 or oxygen or, like, frozen water and metals and whatever. Mm. But eventually, oxygen starts to run out. Right. So you got to run back to your ship to regenerate your oxygen, bolster yourself up, 
to go out again. You got to manage your temperature, your body temperature, because uh. as you get too cold, your your vision starts to freeze up, so you can't see anything, <laughs> oh, no. and you eventually freeze to death. Um, so you got to manage your body temperature and your oxygen levels. And as you play, you start to build out cooler stuff, which allows you to go farther out into space and find better stuff and build better stuff, which then in turn resumes the loop. You now have to find new stuff to go beyond where you stopped. Mm-hmm. Do it again. Find cool stuff to get better equipment to let you go farther out. It's a very simple loop, but the way you, but it's just fun to be like, I want to go farther. I want to go farther. And the way you survive is just by being patient. Like you have to be like, okay, I can get, I can, I see that bus ship right there. I have enough oxygen to get me there and back. If there's anything that happens that complicates the mission, I have some excess oxygen. I have a container in my pocket, you know. <laughs> but obviously, you don't want to overdo it because then you'll suffocate and you'll die. So, so there's I, a lot of danger, but there's a lot of like you gotta be patient to get there, patient it, to get back. Exactly, because oh, okay. someone who's impatient will just like go that. too far out yeah. and won't have enough to come home. I'll have to check this one. That's, that's, they sound so much fun to me. They sound so interesting to me. I, I love these these games where you're almost creating your own story in it. Like everyone's story is a little bit different, you know? Oh, yeah. And this yeah. one is definitely that. Like I start, this is one of the games I got for a review. I would have never probably bought it up seeing it on the store because, again, the humor is kind of lame. Mm. Um, like you you have a chicken for some reason. Um, but I started out just seeing what the game was like. And then four hours later, I'm still in space. I can go a little bit further, a little bit further. So to me, it nails it. And maybe that's how similar to how Little Man Sky plays. I don't know. Um, but even still, it might be worth you giving it a shot because it sounds like it'd be up your alley, at least to try it out. Yeah. I burned through a lot of my resources making a base and then trying to make it look good. And then I don't know if I should have been doing something else. But I don't know. It was kind of fun. I know I know it's... um. It's kind of open worldish now, where other people are in the in the same world, in the same game universe as you. But the game is so big that you don't always see anybody. <laughs> and so, it's, a, a couple times, I'll be like on the planet, like dying, and like someone's just like flying over. <laughs> I'm like, Bye! well, <laughs> I don't think he's going to help me out. I love Stephen Miller. He goes, "This subnautica, but space." Sub- and I had to say it that way because. Oh, <laughs> space. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to turn this space down for the bonus round. Bonus round. <laughs> um, the bonus round is where we play covers and remixes and arrangements on our theme. And um, this week, we got some suggestions for some bonus round tracks, I believe. So what do you have for now? Before that, have a good night, Rage Cage. Oh. Um, this comes from listener Chris Wisner. This is or the wise guy. He's going. He's not living that down. Well, that's your new nickname, yeah, sir. And You're he's also yeah. He can't stop. <laughs> can't stop. Won't stop. This comes from Parasite Eve. This is out of phase as via a synth cover of that.
welcome back. You just listened to Out of Phase, the synth cover version from the game Parasite Eve by Mono Memory. There you go. Mono Memory. Commit that to memory. <laughs> um, submitted by listener and friend Chris Wisner, a.k.a. The Wise Guy. Um, what do we got to say about this? Ba-da-bum-bum. Summer has come and has sadly gone. Thankfully, there are always plenty of games in the backlog regardless of the season. I played a diverse mix of things this summer. Some to completion, others just for taste. Some highlights included finally experiencing Hades for the first time and replaying old favorites like Final Fantasy 1 and 4 in their pixel remaster formats. Speaking of games that Square should add to the remaster slash re-release pipeline, how about that Parasite Eve trilogy, eh? I had the pleasure of revisiting Parasite Eve 1 for the first time in 20 plus years, and it still holds up for the most part, although a few modern tweaks and quality of life improvements wouldn't hurt. One thing that's still fantastic, though, that moody soundtrack. I love it. I love Out it. Out of Phase was always a standout track for me, and I figured this stellar synthwave rendition by Mono Memory asked the important question. <laughs> What if we dance in the MP- NYPD's 17th precinct? What would we do, Rob? What would we do? What would we do if we dance in the precinct? I'm trying to figure out what the trilogy was. I thought there was only two Parasite Eve games. No, there was the first and second, which I understand that I, I totally get why you wouldn't get the third one yeah. because it was kind of under the radar. Dino it was, Crisis? Mm-mm. It came out on the PSP, and it was called The Third Birthday. They changed the entire concept up by being like, now Aya can just like mind jack people. Oh, weird. Yeah, I had no idea. Parasite Eve, one, two, and then Third Birthday, which sounds like um like Kingdom Hearts kind of numbering system, right? <laughs> Uh-huh. Like, they just wanted to get a little weird. But at that point, they were already, Square was already in that phase where they were just making up uh, weird names for their third stuff. Third birthday, chain of eaves. <laughs> um, it's all about the <laughs> mitochondria, Rob. Yeah. It's all about mitochondria. All right, so our next bonus round track is coming from Wicked Sephiroth. This is from Final Fantasy XIV, uh, Neath Dark Waters. This is the Fabled Ways Lo-Fi Remix.
Wait, that was actually that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's all you, sir. That was um that was from Final Fantasy fourteen, uh, Neath Dark Waters. This was the Fabled Ways Lo Fi remix. That was picked by Wicked Sephiroth. Wicked Sephiroth didn't really give a um <laughs> didn't really give a testimonial, but he did give a list of tracks with a bunch of words in all caps. So we're gonna we're gonna read those here. We're gonna read uh Big Fat Tacos, Chicken Tenders, Lahi. And okay, I think that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I do want some chicken tenders in talk big fat tacos right now. So there's a lot, a lot of memes with dances and with like I guess lyrics that people shout like what they what they believe they're saying to. Um, if you play that game, so um, we'll get to that music maybe a little later on. But I really enjoyed the the lo-fi remix of this one, and um, Pernell really got into it. I do think it's interesting, like amazing how. M- big of a community. It's like I've got a couple people in my game group that talk about Final Fantasy fourteen a bit. Oh really? And they'll just like bring up mm. like events that's going on or whatever. Oh wow. And like, oh I'm on this server, dude. Join me. I'm like, oh but like it's just it's cool that they're just still expanding on it or adding new content. Yeah, if you like they reference old stuff. Yeah, it's like this giant universe that just keeps growing and growing. But for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We're gonna have links to the SoundClouds and Bandcamps and everywhere where you can get this music, download the music, buy the music, and support these amazing artists. Bop to the bop. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 29-9 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is our listeners summer games challenge finishing all of the games that you can fit in the summer i think originally the goal was set to 10 but in the end we just did what we could and it's fitting that we go out on this track colonial satellite from cyberbots full metal madness because it was submitted by daryl the last recon who believe it or not was the originator of the, or rather, gave the original suggestion to do the Summer Games Challenge yeah. as an extension of the 4 in February challenge that we originally did back in February. So, I got a little bit of follow-up words for that after this, but I'm going to read his testimonial first. So, I know I suggested the Summer Game Challenge, and yet I did not finish any of the games on my list. I know, terrible. Between work and having my sons, I just didn't have the time. Instead, I spent the majority of the summer teaching my kids how to play various games on the Switch because they're at the age where they want to play video games, so of course I had to begin teaching them. Some games I took a hands-on approach, whereas with others, like Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, screw Pikachu, didn't like that one, I left them to their own fate. I gave them the slightest of hints and overall told them the care, training, and catching of Pokemon was on them and them alone. But when I did find time, I booted up the Capcom Arcade Collection and beat this along with Gigawing. I vibe with this track not only from the beat, but also what goes on in the background while playing the level. Hmm. You're literally fighting on a satellite that's falling towards the Earth and burning up in the atmosphere while you fight. So congrats to those who completed some of the challenge or all of it. I failed this year. <laughs> First and foremost, no, you didn't fail because you completed two games, and even if you didn't complete the two games... You tried and hopefully had fun playing the games you did play. Because at the end of the day, the Summer Games Challenge is not about actually beating anything. You could have come to this and said, I beat no games. But what's important is that you enjoy and engage with the hobby that produces the music 
that we're playing on this show every week because it's a complete package set. Like, we wouldn't have VGN without VG. (laughs) So you want to appreciate and enjoy the games that we have access to because there's so many of them. People put the time and effort into them. The least we should do is click some buttons. And if you manage to see the end of a game, hey, all the better. That means you got to see the complete product. And that's something I can't say I do very often. Yeah, so. you got you got to see, experience the whole the whole, you know, the where the music is, is was was for right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like almost like saying you look at a package that has some like you see a package, and inside the package is you know a really cool medley of things. Maybe like a dinette set. I don't know, but you never get to the dinette set because you're so enamored with the paper wrapping. That you just kind of let it sit on your countertop. Like, I'm going to open that box eventually. It's going to be great. I feel like the last time I heard the words dinette set was in The Price is Right. And it was a wonderful prize. Can win the new dinette set. (laughs) Because I'm old, Shuddy, and there are wolves after me. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, um, anyway, if you enjoyed this show and um, you also would like to submit a, uh, a track suggestion or maybe a topic suggestion for a future episode or just to say hello, please send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. And for a full track listing of this episode and all of our episodes, go to the website. RhythmandPixels.com. And there, um, you can also get access to all of our episodes, because not, not all of our episodes are available on Spotify or, um, or Apple or anywhere else. You can go to the website for that. And at the top of the website, there's a link for our Discord server. There's a lot of fun stuff happening on Discord. Um, a lot of discussion, a lot of sharing of music and, and memes and just jokes and stuff. So check us out on Discord there. You can check us out on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word. And um, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. We have a 24-7, 16-bit and 8-bit radio station playing nonstop deep cuts and classics. Delicious beats. Delicious. Some crunchy, some smooth. <laughs> that is playing all day and all night long for your VGM needs. So you can check that out. Um, also, all of our episodes are posted there as well, if that's how you like to consume your audio medium. Um, and if you want to support the show, you can go to rhythmandpixels.com slash merch. Um, we have some cool uh, t-shirts there, video game music-related t-shirts um, for you to check out. Um, you can also support us by going to Patreon, patreon.com slash rhythmandpixels. Um, and there, you, you, for any tier, you get access to um, a prequel episode once a week a monthly live streamed episode just like this one um, every, every month um, and for um, members at $5 you get um, uh, uh, VGM I'm sorry um, our Rhythm and Pixels logo on stickers I believe yeah and then at $10 you get a cool mug a Rhythm and Pixels mug good for chugging your favorite brew <laughs> and then at $20 we have exclusive t-shirts so you go to patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels to check that out and we also like to thank all of our members at the highest tiers. We'd like to thank uh, Frankly Zappa, uh, Kristen, Mike Myers, Alf Person, Fashion8060, Andreas Milberg, Brian Pitt, excuse me, Cameron Worma, Carlos Kung Fu Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast, Chris Wisner, aka Musashi219, wise guy, Christopher Shenstrom, Davy Cakes, David Taylor, Harold Howard, Wicked Sephiroth, Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, another excellent VGM podcast. Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version VGM podcast, also known as MeBree64 in the uh, Commodore 64 demo scene. Uh, Rage Cage, Reinhardt Selkova, Sleepy S'more, Steve Miller, Taco, 
the Autistic Gamer 89. And then finally, Ed Wilson of the VG Embassy, a fantastic VGM podcast. Absolutely. So thank you all very much and many more for your continued support of our little show. It's greatly appreciated. Believe me. Oh, what do you want to do next week, man? We're out of the summer. We're out of the summer. Oh, of course, break free. Break out, break free. That's right. The topic is break free because I'm going to unleash the beast of tracks. I've been just like, All wish right. I could play this on the show. Wish I could play this on the show, but it's the summer. <laughs> I'm going to have to write this down. Purnell breaks free. <laughs> <laughs> it's my time to shine. This is great. Next week is the end of World 29. We break into World 30. <laughs> I'm, really exci- I'm really, really excited. Uh, to get into that um, so yeah anyway thanks everybody for, for listening to the show oh man Kristen showed up just as we were ending the show uh, oh my goodness but that's always next time though we'll be doing this again the chat. obviously <laughs> well maybe she just found the chat maybe uh, maybe she was she was, she was watching and listening um, but yeah thank you everybody for listening to us thank you for everybody uh, watching us and listening to us live hanging out and, um, um, and uh, talking and joking with us just hanging out hanging out we'll see you um, next month and we'll also talk to you next week on next week's episode of Rhythm and Pixels I, my voice is gone it's the pizza the pizza did it it's really distracting blame my, the pizza my name is Rob Nichols and I'm Pernell and I'm Rob's pizza in your stomach <laughs> uh, good night everybody have a good week and remember uh, the Summer Games Challenge was a great time we those who engaged it had much to enjoy from it they got to experience a lot of cool game experiences and of course, by doing that, they've acquired experiences they can then either can, um, take on themselves or they can share with others through playful dialogue and content. However, one thing that's worth noting is that um, there are a lot of games, a stupid amount of games. For every one game you play, there's like 35 you won't, because quite frankly, it's just too friggin' much, whether it's across consoles or just things you have access to time-wise. So... While a lot of people might lament being unable to keep up with those things, or some might say, you know, they become a part of our eponymous backlogs. You know, I bought 50 games, but I only have time for three of them. You know, what ends up happening is we start to feel weird and guilty that we got to keep up with the Joneses. Every new game, we got to experience it. We got to feel it. We got to be a part of the conversation. But one thing that's worth noting is that the conversation doesn't have to be between two people that played the same game. The conversation can be between two people that played three different games between the two of them and you can share your experience through words and exclamation and just presenting what you experienced playing the game it's not exactly the same as having experienced it firsthand but to be honest with you we just don't have the freaking time and sometimes it's pretty cool to actually have someone tell you a weird thing that happened to them in a game when they're excited and they're passionate they just want to tell you you won't believe the crap that I just did in this thing man wow you know Sometimes that's just enough, if not better, than the game itself. So don't discount the ability to just share game experiences with your friends or loved ones or just even randos on the internet like robbing myself, you know? It's it's worth its weight in gold, and it saves you, believe it or not, a fair bit of time. So consider it. So I'm using it more as I, much as I can. <laughs>